0: good evening thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you again this evening um, I truly appreciate the invitation that was extended to me uh, to, to be a part of this summer series and to uh, to be able to present a lesson to you um, this evening as Doug already made mention you have been studying through the book of John and unfortunately Uh, I've missed those seven lessons that you've had up to this point so we're starting uh, in the middle of towards actually towards the tail end of John in John chapter 15 if you want to go ahead and be turning to that Uh, that is where we'll beginning we'll be taking the majority of our lesson this evening from John chapter 15 Um, time will not allow for a very extensive study of two full chapters Uh, So I've I've chose to uh, try to focus our interest in our our talk tonight on just the 15th chapter. Uh, But before we really dive into the text and start talking about uh, John 15, I want you to consider the term or the word perhaps connection. What is Connection. Or better yet, maybe a different question to pose is, what are you connected to? The word connection can carry with it several meanings when used to refer to the connection between people. Perhaps if you think about it in terms of relationships, there are different types of connections that we make with people. One is a very personal relationship. One may be... uh, a business relationship or a business connection, and then there are just those social connections that you may have, i.e. social media, and those type of connections. I want us to think about connections, and I want to kind of consider the definition for just a second, that connection can be defined as a relationship in which a person thing or idea is linked or associated with something else. I want to use this word connection tonight to make application to the connections that are discussed in John chapter 15. And to do so, I want you to consider a little electronic device that I'm guessing 90 to 95% of us probably have in this room is a cell phone, right? If I was to ask for everybody to hold it up, we could all probably produce a cell phone. We can't hardly live without them in this day and age and that's something that that we don't necessarily have to have, but we sure do like to have to make our life a whole lot more convenient. I want you to consider the efficiency of that cell phone and all the apps, whatever your favorite app may be on that particular device, is based solely upon its ability to connect. The connection to a signal, either from a tower or from a Wi-Fi device or wireless, uh, wireless, wireless point at some point. To make that device effective, to make it valuable, it has to have a connection. I do a lot of traveling with my with my job. I do a lot of driving. Really, I don't. I don't go out of state. I I stay mostly in the northeast corner of the state and do a lot of traveling from job sites. That gives me a lot of time on the road, and it gives me a lot of time and the ability to make phone calls for business. And I do this hands free, of course. But I, I am on the phone a lot when I drive. But one thing I've recently noticed with a lot of my driving and specifically long distances is the connection of the cell phone between towers. I don't know if something has recently changed with with this whole cell phone network that we have but something has happened recently with me anyway that oftentimes with when traveling down the road specifically maybe 412 east of Tulsa or even even 69 uh, over on the east side of Tulsa I've noticed that the calls are getting dropped a lot more than they perhaps did uh, just just in the recent two or three years or they've, they've also taken on this, this interesting twist of their distorting whenever I reach a certain point Uh, between towers and I can I can almost peg exactly where this is gonna happen now I've done it so much the call becomes distorted to the point that my voice what I've been told on the other end does something very funny my voice gets really really high and sounds like a chipmunk (laughs) what happens on my end and what I hear and I've had guys in the truck that's heard this they get really really deep and the, the, the statements and things get really really drawn out it, it's, it's really kind of an odd thing that has just recently started happening, but I've, I've been able to kind of study it and, and relate it to the fact that I think it has to do with when you're switching towers. And it has to do with the connection. Now, by no means am I an expert in it, but that's, that's my layman uh, understanding of what, what is actually happening. And so it, I, I want to kind of take that point and, and kind of draw from that, that how how important the connection is to be able to communicate. How critical that connection is for us to communicate. in in such a similar way, uh, we use the data plans a lot on our phones for things. Um, If you don't have LTE, which I I understand is gonna be upgraded soon, uh, beyond whatever the next, I think 5G is coming, or, or something better, and you only have that one bar of connection, Maybe you've got that one certain place where you've just got, you've got that little image on the upper left-hand corner of your phone and you've got that one single bar. Whenever you're connected with just that one bar, it limits your ability to do things on your phone, doesn't it? You're limited to either what you can scroll or how quickly you can scroll through things, how quickly you can like or how quickly you can download perhaps the next image. You know... Uh, this, the reality is it's not just our kids that, that need this anymore. We, we, If we're all honest with ourselves, uh, I think we all are somewhat dependent upon these little devices and, and the necessity of them. I say all that to try to make application to John chapter 15 and verse 1. And I hope it's no stretch of the imagination uh, as I as, uh, bring your attention to John chapter 15 and verse 1. Told Doug I'd stay planted, so I'm going to try to. I about wandered there. Uh, but John chapter 15 and verse 1. Look at that with me. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So for the sake, just, just follow along with me if you, if you will, please. For the sake of the cell phone analogy that I just described to you, please consider that true vine perhaps as a true cell phone tower. And that vine dresser as that digital signal. And so that leaves the branch to be the cell phone. And the thing that makes all this work is the connection between the three. So the question that I want to pose to you tonight in tonight's lesson is we we analyze three sections of John chapter 15. I want you to think to that cell phone analogy. I want you to think to the upper left-hand corner of your cell phone and those little bars up there. And I want you to think, how many bars, and perhaps the digital service, do you have in your connection in three areas of your life? The first area that we're going to look at, how many bars do you have in your connection to Christ? How many bars do you have in your connection to your brethren? And then lastly, we'll look at how many bars do you have in your connection to the world? So join with me in looking at our first point. How many bars do you have in your connection to Christ? And let's look at the first uh, eight verses of John chapter 15. Again, starting in verse 1 I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that he may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Pay close attention to these next few verses. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As we consider this text, I want to draw your attention to... One word that is reoccurring from this text. Did anybody pick up on what that one word is? If you look again and draw into verses seven, or excuse me, four through seven, you see the common word abide. It's used ten times in this, in this short set of scriptures in the New King James Version. That's a word you understand, right? Abide? Well, maybe not really. It's not something that we use in our everyday language right now in, in our society that, that says that we abide, where um, we go and say that we abide with something. If I was to say, I'm going to abide with my wife, you might kind of have an understanding, but it's not a word that we, we commonly use. So for help with that, let's refer to Webster and kind of look at it in the context in which it's written and, and understand that abide means to endure without yielding to endure without yielding or to withstand some synonyms perhaps that we might want to consider for abide is to follow to keep to hold to conform to adhere to stick to or stand by in other words whenever through the words of John, Jesus is saying that you are abiding in Christ. You're going to have a very strong connection to Him. To answer the question that we posed as our first point, how many bars do you have in your connection to Christ? Well, what Christ wants us to have is a full-strength signal. All the bars that we can get and have as much power in that signal as we can. This signal is only established when one is obedient to God's Word. The connection to Christ happens when one obeys the Gospel and is baptized into Christ. And in baptism, one is buried with Him and as Christ was raised from the dead so that we might walk in newness of life according to Romans chapter 6, 3-5, through 5, Paul then goes on to say that we are baptized into Christ and we clothe ourselves in Christ, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. So as Christians, the whole beginning of the connection to Christ begins with our baptism. And we want a strong connection with Christ so that we can make statements like what Paul did in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 where he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He went on to say in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, for me to live Or excuse me, for to me to live as Christ. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 8. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord. Also in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3. Chapter 3 and verse 3. For if we died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. And also Colossians 1 and verse 27. Which... Is Christ in you the hope of glory? These are all profound statements that Paul was able to make because he had a strong connection with Christ. Another thing I want you to consider about our connection with Christ, and as we consider from the text, about the signal that makes that connection, it's an individual signal. You don't want somebody else's signal on your cell phone, do you? Wouldn't do you any good. Just like... The phone has to have an individual signal. We too must have an individual signal with our relationship with Christ. It's an individual connection. The text tells us that each Christian is a branch. Go back to the text with me and look at verse 6. It says If anyone does not imbi- abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. The word anyone is inclusive. So it stands to reason that everyone is a branch. Jesus was saying that every branch is an individual. And he was, the point needs to be made that the reference to branches here in the text is individuals and not churches or denominations. A Christian, I'll share with you a story here, The Christian was asked what church he was a member of. He replied, the church. The questioner was puzzled and asked, but which church? The response, just the church. The questioner replied, no, no, I know you're a member of the universal church, but what branch of the church are you a member of? The Christian replied, I'm not a member of any branch. I am a branch all by myself. This is exactly what God intended for us as Christians to be our own individual branch standing alone in Him. That makes this connection that we're talking about to Christ even so more important. The connection you have with Christ is dependent on no one but yourself. We are connected to Christ, or excuse me, we are not connected to Christ by the church, by coming to a building a couple times a week. We are not connected to Christ by another person that talks to God or mediates for us. We are not connected to Christ because we are on good terms with the preacher. Our connection to Christ is solely dependent upon our relationship that we as individuals form. And develop with Christ. This relationship has to be one that is growing and increasing just like a branch. We have to strive to maintain our connection with Christ. Just like the plant in the reference that we have from John chapter 15, a plant is growing towards the sun, S-U-N. We need to be growing toward the sun. Capital S-O-N. The result of not growing is clearly explained to us in John chapter 15 and verse 6. So look at that again with me. We focused on the first part of it. but Let's consider the last part of this verse. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch... And is withered, and they gather them and th- and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. When one is not connected with Christ, catastrophic things can happen. I'll share with you a little bit of a personal story. In the last two years, Julie and I and the girls, uh, we sold our house in Shoto, and we moved to Locust. Uh, moved really, moved back home to Locust. One of the big draws to the place that we, we purchased in Locust was the trees. Julie loves the trees. Where we lived in Shodo, if you've been through Shodo, uh, that area itself is, is pretty flat. And there's not a whole lot of trees specific to where we lived. Uh, but where we, where we reside at now, the house that we live in, there's big, beautiful, mature trees all across our yard and around our house. And that was one of the major selling points uh, for her, uh, whenever we purchased the place. But about three weeks ago, on a Friday afternoon, we had one of those, I'd say typical, but this is, this is a little atypical. This is a pop-up thunderstorm that developed in the southeastern corner of Mays County and was moving west. That's not typical so it was moving west but what and it produced good rain where we were at that afternoon and we were happy to get the rain but what we didn't realize until we got home was it collapsed right over our property the storm actually collapsed from what I understand from the weatherman they collapsed right there in that area and so unknown to us till we got home that evening we had a lot of tree damage we lost about five big trees out of our yard Uh, I share that with you because I couldn't help think about that as I was studying uh, John chapter 15 and I couldn't help think about one specific tree that we had right in our driveway. It's a a big, beautiful tree. I'm not a tree expert. I can't even tell you what kind it is. Uh, But it was right on the corner of our driveway and it was about three foot across it. So it, it was a good size, what appeared to be a healthy tree. It had It was one of those ones that went up and and went straight up and had nice forks that went out and was just kind of, it was really prominent because, like I said, it was right there when we come into the driveway. Provided a lot of shade and was one of our, our favorite trees and it was obviously an old tree. However, this tree, it fell victim to the storm because on the appearance, on the outside, looking at it, it looked like a nice, like I said, nice healthy tree. But what we didn't know is actually on the inside of this tree, It was hollow, hollow through the core. The middle had completely rotted out of this tree. So when the storm hit about five foot up, this tree snapped and it fell over, fell to the ground, it became tangled up in some other trees and really ended up blocking our whole driveway uh, to be able to get in. This tree had to be cut up, had to be thrown in the fire and I ended up burning it because it had lost its connection I'm going to go back and tie all this branch and connection and everything together. Hopefully you're still with me. It had lost its connection because the core of the tree was rotten. You couldn't tell it by looking at it, but it couldn't handle the power of the wind that day because it was weak on the inside. Spiritually speaking, if we are not vigilant to stay connected to Jesus, our cores will rot our cores will rot and we can become weak just like the tree and we see from john chapter 15 and verse 6 if we become weak like the tree we will be cast out and burned just like i did with that tree so connecting with christ we must we must have a maintenance we must maintain it or to avoid being cut off and becoming weak. So I want to give you a few practical suggestions on how we can increase our signal, our strength, our core to Christ. They're very obvious suggestions, but at the same point, I think they're very relative to what we're talking about this evening. The first one is prayer. We need to communicate We're talking about communication and we're talking about our connection. Our connection to God, to Him, is through prayer. You don't have a relationship with Christ if you're not communicating with Him. We've got to be able to have that signal. And we don't want to lose that signal. Secondly, we need to read. The other connection and the other communication, we need to read the Bible is to Him. And we need to read about Christ. Specifically, if we want to connect with Christ, we need to read the Gospels regularly and study them. Thirdly, we need to actively praise. Actively praise and worship Christ. Be engaged in worship and not just taking up a space on a pew. We need to, a fourth point, Fourth thing to consider. We need to attend services to learn about Christ. Be where the Bible is and Christ is being taught. To be there to soak it up. A fifth thing. Be with those who are trying to be like Christ. Influence and example matter. And they will have an effect upon a person. Excuse me. Sixthly. Make an effort to pattern your life as Christ, after Christ. It's a little bit of a cliche, but it's still very, very applicable. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? If we have that in our mind and try to pattern our life by that, we are bettering our connection to Christ. And then a seventh point is to think about Christ, to meditate about Christ. You become what you think about. If you want to be like Christ, you need to think about Christ. The more of these things that we do, the more we are abiding in Christ, just like what the text tells us to, and the more that we are strengthening our connection. And to answer the question that that I posed at the beginning of this section, we're adding more bars to our connection with Christ if we do these things. So let's move into the second second section of of John chapter 15. The next point I want us to consider is how many bars do you have in your connection to your brethren? How many bars do you have in your connection to your brethren? Going back to the text, uh, I'm actually going to pick up at verse 9 and read down through, through verse 17. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, and just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So, this is kind of the, the tie together, if you will, from the first section that we just read to this next section. Verse 11 These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Verse sixteen: If you do not choose me, or excuse me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give give you. These things I command you: that you love one another. In these, in the first few verses that we looked at. Jesus outlined the necessity to connect with him. This section of scripture explains the necessity of our relationship to connect with our brethren. The connection with our brethren we can relate or that the connection to our brethren can relate to the understanding of two words that are key to, key to this. We looked at abiding earlier in the first first section the two words we want to consider in this section is love and joy. Jesus begins this section in verse 11 talking about our connection to our friends with the word joy. Acronym for joy. Jesus first. Yourself last. And others in between. A, a children's song that a lot of times is sung at vacation Bible school and Bible class. But very, very true to the point. That joy has to have Jesus at the beginning, ourself last and others in between until we understand joy we or we have to have to learn that by having true joy in our life comes from putting Jesus first, so that's kind of where we started this evening is how many bars did you have in your connection with Christ? We have to be putting Him first. Then we have to remove our selfish tendencies that, that we struggle with and then we truly focus on others and put their needs before our own. We will never experience the happiness in Christ until we understand joy. The way we connect to others is through Love. I'm sure there's, that's a sermon all on its own, and I'm sure Doug's probably preached one or two sermons on love with the congregation here before. So I, I don't want to go into that a whole lot, but I do want us to understand that love, in my opinion, is a misused, overused, and abused word. Love is so misunderstood today that we have a hard time understanding it, we have a hard time expressing it, and we have a hard time even saying it. But you know what? The Bible clearly identifies to us, clearly lays it out, what love is. Going back to the text, look at verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one life for his friends. Take that thought that we just read about it and from from Jesus and from the words of John here, Greater love has no man than this to lay down his own life from this. Hold your place there in John chapter 15 and turn to 1 John. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, and let's read verses 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Look at verse 9 specifically. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live in Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So here we have from from John, the author of both books, talking about to lay down one's life. And then we have John, after it happened, telling us exactly what the love of God is and how Christ and God illustrated that love. And it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the magnitude of God's love and the magnitude of the amount of love that we should have because the love of God is for everyone and it's easy for us to love those that we like but the reality is we need to love everyone and loving somebody that we don't like well that's a completely different story it's hard to do sometimes but the love of God and the love of Christ should compel us to love As they did in fact it's not just a suggestion that we should love somebody like they did it is a commandment that we are to love when we love as Christ we connect with our brethren and we build relationships relationships that then lead to friendships Jesus clearly says back in our text in John chapter 15 Jesus says he's our friend he calls us to be friends Brethren, we often refer to ourselves as brothers and sisters. But we need to be friends as well. Connecting with our brethren as as friends is a vital connection to being a Christian. And being a faithful Christian with the goal of making it to heaven. Being friends with your brethren will increase your bars. To Think back to that little image on your cell phone again. Being friends with your brethren will increase your bars to give you a better connection. Let's consider the last section of John chapter 15. The last section leads us to consider our connection with the world. So the question that I posed for our third point is, how many bars do you have in your connection to the world? Let's go back to their text and look at 18 through 25. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world... The world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they did not know him who sent me. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. Verse 25. But this happened... That the word might be fulfilled, which is written in the law, they hated me without cause. The previous two questions that we considered, we were seeking out strength and increasing the signal, increasing our connection to the optimum potential. On our cell phone, we want as many bars as we can so we can have the best signal and do the most things that we can. But I seriously want us to consider tonight when it comes to our connection with the world that we need to look at the other end of the spectrum. And so for the purpose of our question, how many bars do you have in your connection to world, I hope that the answer is none. Let me explain myself. The reality is we all have a few bars of signal in the world. When the goal should be that we have no service. There's certain spots I get with my cell phone, it's kinda nice really when I get in those spots, that it comes up no service. It doesn't connect to anything. There's something there blocking it. Something that preventing it from, keep, from, from making that connection. What my point is, is that we should not be seeking out the world. We shouldn't be trying to build a stronger connection with the world for the world's sake. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood and say that we shouldn't be part of the world and seeking out the lost and be trying to evangelize to the lost, but we don't want to be part of the world. Consider a few scriptures with me that kind of make this point. A couple obvious ones. One would be Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Where Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Specifically drawing into verse 2 right here. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable perfect will of God. Another verse to consider, James writes in James chapter 4 and verse 4, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And going back to our, our author here, John, to first John in this time, first John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, and love the love of the Father is not in him. In verse 16, very commonly quoted, For all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, by taking a stand, go back to our text and tie tie this together, by taking a stand against the things of the world and the world itself, Jesus tells us that the world is going to hate us. Just as they hated and still hate him. He was preparing us for the reality that being different, we were going to be persecuted for. And we're not going to be accepted by the world. So the point that I want to get to with, with this thought is how many bars is your connection to the world is we need to be able to disconnect. We need to be able to disconnect from the world and be transformed. Again, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. The daily... The daily life that we live, we need to realize, as the old song says, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through, is very applicable. And we need to remember that we are just pilgrims on a sojourning to our heavenly home. Not seeking to really connect anything here on this earth, but looking towards the reward in heaven. I feel like the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 2 summarize where we need to stand. So turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, last scripture we'll look at and then we'll draw everything to conclusion this evening. Philippians chapter 2, 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in both you, in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you will shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. As we conclude this evening, I want you to look at that text and think about the connection with your world. Are you connected to the world, or are you striving to be disconnected with the world so that you will shine like a light and shine brightly for Christ? Tonight, we've considered our connections in three realms, with Christ, with our brethren, and with the world. Two of those connections, our Christ and our brethren, we want all the signal strength that we can get. We want the most powerful signal that's able to be out there so that we can better connect and serve our Lord. You now, there's no better time than right now to work on your connection with Christ. As mentioned earlier, it starts with obedience and baptism and, and putting on Christ in that watery grave to be raised up and walk in newness of life. Now, is the time to connect with Him. Or if you need to work on your connection with your brethren, I'm sure the brethren here would be more than happy to pray with you and for you. But also, if you've had a strong connection with the world, please consider that this evening. Perhaps you've chosen to stay connected to that, the worldly influence, and you may need help to break that connection. The body of Christ is gathered together to strengthen one another in our connection in Christ and to one another. And I'm sure they would be happy to pray with you and for you. Whatever your need may be, please come forward as we stand and sing.